five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. A little Fleetwood Mac there from uh, 1973 or 74. And that was from the uh, uh, Heroes Are Hard to Find record. And uh, that was on the Midnight Special. And um, that was back in the day when the Midnight Special would have really long performances of bands. Like there's, I think, 24 minutes of uh, Fleetwood Mac. I think they do like uh, a three or four song set. And they changed the format of the show up so that it would be less concerty and more sort of um, segmented out uh, one one song performances. But the artist would show up again later on the show to play like another song, sometimes maybe three songs. So they had a, they had a different format early on. It was more like the uh, kind of the ABC in concert style or Don Kirsten's rock concert style. And then it became more of a television production. As time went on. Now, I played that, obviously, because Christine McVie, uh, who, one of my favorite members of Fleetwood Mac, I think she's, I love her voice. Um, I think she's beautiful, right? And, um, you know, not not a lot of the major drama that you get with Stevie Nicks. I'm not a big Stevie Nicks fan. She's a Gemini, by the way. She's got a weird chart. Maybe I'll go over Stevie Nicks' chart on, on Sunday nights. It's, it's a very weird chart. But um, I loved uh, I loved listening to Christine McVie. I don't really like the latter version of Fleetwood Mac. But, and there's a reason why. Because I, I when I was a kid, like, all you fucking heard all the time was rumors. Like, that's all you fucking heard was rumors. And I got so sick of hearing rumors everywhere that no matter how good that record might be, I can't listen. I can't really listen to it objectively. And there's something unctuous about Stevie Nicks. I think I think Lindsey Buckingham is a really talented guitarist and a vocalist and a songwriter. It's just it's not my favorite incarnation of Fleetwood Mac. The the previous one with Christine McVie and John McVie and Mick Fleetwood and Bob Welch and the other guy's name is Bob, the that guitar player. Um. I like that version, and I also like the version with Danny Kerwin, who is the other guitar player. Uh, future Future uh, Games is one of my one of my favorite songs of all time off the Future Games album. And I tried to find, you know, a video version of my favorite Christine McVie song, which is "Heroes Are Hard to Find," and I couldn't do it. Because there's no, uh, I, I don't think there's any live recording of them doing that song. So 
I settled on that one, which is okay. It's more about Christine McVie than the the song itself, because um, you know, she's no longer with us, and we're gonna we're gonna see more and more of that. She was seventy nine, on the verge of turning eighty, and uh, you know the body wears out at a certain point. And I, I've heard people uh, question whether or not she was uh, vaccinated. You know, maybe she was. Maybe this brought on her early demise but when you when you or not early i mean 79 you've got some pretty good mileage theoretically out of your life at 79 one can make a case for that stevie nicks not far behind she's 74 but um just an absolutely lovely voice and seemed like a i don't know you, you know a lot of times we project onto people we project attributes that we'd like to see onto that person, but she seemed like a, a lovely person as well. No, you know, no drama. There was, there, I mean, there was drama during the rumors recording because she was splitting up with John McVie, the bass player, her husband. And I think she was seeing one of the roadies or something, or somebody who was like a sound tech. So it wasn't like she was actually, having an affair with somebody in the band, but she was having an, uh, a relationship with somebody associated with the band. And then you have the breakup of uh, Stevie Nicks and um, Lindsey Buckingham. And then Stevie Nicks, who is something like five foot one, she's really small. And then she's having this affair with Mick Fleetwood, who's six foot six. You, you, you like, think about it like, like okay how did they how did they do that right and you know the height disparity you can always find a way trust me but um it, it's just a really interesting question uh to ponder and i don't know if you're catching mick fleetwood in that video so he does this weird thing when he when he was drumming i don't know if it was during that time, whether he was always like that, but it looks like he's having kind of an epileptic fit while he's drumming. He does this thing with his mouth. And it's like, what the what is going on there? And it's even more pronounced in other songs during that 23-minute segment that they were on with the Midnight Special. So really, I mean, he could have just been high on Coke. I mean, they're in LA. It's, you know, cocaine is, is starting to, um, it's not quite at blizzard-like conditions yet. That would happen late 70s, early 80s. But it's there. It's starting to show up. And I think Mick Fleetwood had to have one of those septum surgeries like Richard Pryor had. Don't quote me on that, but I think I think that was the case because of the, the amount of cocaine that um, he was using. And obviously, probably other members of the band were using Bob Welch had a drug problem uh, the majority of his career. And they're living in LA at the time. You can hear that kind of avocado mafia, you, you know, sound in their, in their music there. You know, it's kind of country driven a little bit, um, a little bit of boogie uh, slide guitar at the end. It's like, eh, it's not my favorite genre of music. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of people like, Jackson Brown, and I know everybody lionizes Graham Parsons. Ooh, Graham Parsons. Like, eh, whatever. 
Not my thing. Not my thing. I think one of the best people to come out of that scene, though, probably was Andrew Andrew Gold. I'm not sure he really came out of that scene, but he he migrated into that scene. Um, anyway, just a little bit of a tribute for Christine Perfect because that was her that was her maiden name, Christine Perfect. Who's that remind me of? It reminds me of um, oh the character from Buckaroo Banzai, Tommy Perfect. You know Buckaroo Banzai the movie. I know I bring up these references. And people are like, well, there he goes again. He's talking about shit I don't know about. Great movie. Cult classic. Buckaroo Banzai and Adventures in the Sixth Dimension. I think it's the Sixth Dimension. Uh, Peter Weller. Great, great. Anyway, he has a band. Buckaroo Banzai has a band. And uh, Tommy Perfect is one of his band members. No relation to Christine Perfect, though, by any stretch. All right, so you're listening or watching to 15 Minutes of Flame. We've hit 20,000 downloads on the uh, podcast side of things. Not bad. That's not a bad number, 20,000 downloads. I think we've been podcasting. I think uh, there was it was episode 365 yesterday. So we're, we're a year into uh, podcasting on Apple uh, and Spotify and Google and, you know, all the, all the uh, usual suspects. So a little bit of a milestone, 20,000 downloads. And if you are listening on the podcast, thank you for that. We appreciate it. And you can always join us here at 9-11 a.m. Central Time and uh, jump in with the video side of things. Speaking of which, we're going to get into a little meet and greet with the uh Ladies and gents of Chataria, but before we do, you know what we have to do. We got to talk about, of course, True Hem Science. Chris needs a like a like a jingle or something. He needs a True Hem Science jingle. Maybe we can do a, a True Hem Science jingle for him. Yeah. What would that sound like? Um, let's see. Let me see if I can. I was thinking maybe like a Henry Mancini, Pink Panther style jingle, but I'm not sure if that captures the essence of true hemp science. I think it has to be a little more, a little more upbeat. I have to think about this. Anyway, um, let's do a little uh, drive-by with true hemp science. I had my moon dust today. Feeling good. Feeling good. Looking good. So let's get into uh, some ambient ambient resonance, the ambient resonance of true hemp science in the ASMR simulation. There it is. Look at that. Uh, the green, the verdant, the relaxing, the calm. You could just take your CBD and just hang out on this homepage for a while. But that would be in some ways a waste of the CBD because it actually helps you throughout your day deal with things like inflammation um, and other related issues that um, are connected to oxidative stress. It's generally a life enhancement. And one of the things that uh, Chris has 
uh, shared with me and I've shared with other people is that CBD isn't just a remedy. In a lot of ways, it's the lifestyle because you have to incorporate it into your life on a daily basis so that the bioabsorbent material becomes a part of your uh, part of your structure, right? Part of your living structure, your cellular structure, your neural structure. And that's where the magic happens. It's over the continued use of the CBD. And here there's plenty of products for you to choose from uh, the aforementioned uh, moon dust. And we have some, of course, the gummies and, and there's a whole list of soluble, non-soluble CBD, CBG, CB, uh, CBGA products here on, on Chris's site. So if you're interested and you're listening on the podcast side of things, go to truemscience.com forward slash ref forward slash 23. That's truemscience.com forward slash ref, R-E-F forward slash 23. If you spend $100, You'll get a free product. All you got to do is type in 15MINS. That's 15MINS in the checkout box. Chris knows who you are, where you're coming from, and uh, he'll send you the goodies. 150 and more gives you free shipping. So there you go. Support the people who support this show and support us. That's how that's how it works. Um uh, Let's see what I don't want to talk about. There's something else I wanted to talk about before I went into Chataria. It just went. It's like that. Oh, well, we'll get there eventually. But there was a very interesting uh, live stream last night with Ben Balderson, who has been on my Friday show, really cool guy. You know, this is a guy who is a homesteader up way up in Northern California, kind of in the Siskiyou County area near, you know, near Shasta, but a little inland and um, just a super nice guy. He's you know into the tree of life. He's into um, like his own version of alchemy, uh, just a really, really cool guy. And he did a live stream last night with Owen Benjamin. I'm going to get into that live stream a little bit later in the show because they say some things that are very interesting. Um, and one of them has to do with Kanye West. And then the other, I'm going to leave as a kind of a blank for now. You know what that's called? That's called a tease. To, oh, I want to hear who this other person is. Yeah, so you can wait a little bit. Somebody you more than likely know, not at the level of Kanye West, by the way, but you know who this person is. And it's a very controversial conversation that goes on between the two. I might even play a little bit of it if I can. That shouldn't be that hard. But before I do, let me uh, take a little journey into the absolute best chat group on the internet. By the way, I was going to hang out on Discord last night, but I got a little distracted. And um, I actually spent some time with, um, oh, where's the chat? Did we not get a chat today? Oh, shit. Okay, hold on. Let me let me fix that. Damn. It was one of those moments. One of those moments. So I'm going to have to go back in here 
and do a little editing in real time, which shouldn't be a problem. And uh, let's get the chat in. My bad, folks. My bad. Let's see what we got here. There we go. And let's view the post. Let's do what we got. There's the chat. Now I can see it. You guys know where it's at anyway. You're probably over there on uh, BoxCast. There is Michael. What's going on, DJMC? There's my man, Ryan. Ryan. What's happening, Ryan? Uh, gas ass. I like that. It's appropriate for today's show. Ilo, Ilo. Thomas. Thomas Jordan. What's going on, TJ? Philly is going insane, it would seem. It's been going on for a while. There she is, the classy one, the beautiful one, Sony. Speaking of beautiful, there's Wendy Says. She's also here. Much love to you. There she is, fantastic, CC Jones. What's going on there? Good morning. Good morning. Who else do we have? Kelly B. What's happening, Kelly B.? Always great to see Kelly B's scorpionic presence in here. Christine, yes. She's one of those people who has a high likability factor. It's like her likability factor is kind of inverse to Stevie Nicks's unlikability factor. You know what I mean? Like they're so, they're, they're so contrasting. Because I think Stevie Nicks is just an unlikable person. Sorry. And, you know, she keeps this diary. She has a diary, a journal. And one of her journal entries was about how insane America's response to COVID was. And it was during the time when everybody was fucking hysterical. And she was one of the hysterical ones going on and on about how people are in bars and they're hanging out with each other and they're sharing drinks and how we're all going to die. That, that leans into her unlikability quotient. So some of you guys probably uh, know this, or you've heard me tell this story. This is a music industry story. And it, ha it has to do with Stevie Nicks. So I apologize if you've heard this before, but I'll, I'll, since we're on the topic of Fleetwood Mac, I have to share. So being associated with the music business, you would hear stories every now and then about artists. And um, this one is about Stevie Nicks. And it was one of her solo records that she was, she was uh, cutting. And she was at the studio and there was this woman, this like very big woman, big woman who would follow her around and they wouldn't talk. Like she would just follow Stevie Nicks. Like if Stevie Nicks got up out of the studio, big gal followed her, right? They really had very little communication except for the in and the out of the studio, right? And everybody's like, what is she doing here? Why, why, what, what is the relationship? It's very odd. So they were looking to do some kind of, um, you know, kind of retake on one of the vocals or something. And Stevie Nicks was not in the studio proper. 
So people are like, well, go find Stevie, you know, because, you know, studio time, right? Costs money. So they're running around trying to find her. And I guess one of the uh, female members of the crew or the studio, whatever, went into the women's restroom. And there she found, (laughs) there she found Stevie Nicks bent over with um, her panties down and her butt cheeks spread. And this big woman who was with her, her sole job was to blow cocaine up Stevie Nicks's ass. That was her sole job because Stevie Nicks had seen what had happened to Mick Fleetwood's nose. And she's like, I don't want that. How do I get this in me without shooting it into my vein? Oh yeah. I'll have my, uh, my personal assistant, uh, blow it up my ass so there you go there's a little stevie Nick. see that's the inverse you never heard shit like that about christine mcvee christine perfect no not indeed okay what do we have here i couldn't believe she was 79 yeah stevie nicks is 74 wrap your head around that i took to see them in spring of 76 but they canceled the tour gee i wonder why miss nakia in the house Let's go on, Miss Nakia. DJMC used to work with their former band manager. There we go. A little six degrees of separation. Always like that. Rocky. Uh-oh. I heard. Yes. Yes, that rippled through the internets yesterday. Hucklebuck. For like, yeah, you know, I mean, what would happen if, if Stevie Nicks died? How would people feel? Be like, eh. Eh, right? I mean, that's how I would feel. I'm like, eh. But there was something about Christine McVie. She was classy. Stevie Nicks couldn't buy class. All the money that she's made from Fleetwood Mac, she couldn't buy class. All right, let's see what else we have here. I met one of their sound engineers in a cheesesteak place in Philly. He gave us free tickets. Wow. I mean, at that point, you got to kind of like the band. Like, oh, free tickets. Let's go check it out. Uh, good morning to you, Wendy. Uh, let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow. That's a good song. Yes. I love to see Stevie Nicks's chart. I'm a weird Gemini, too. She's never... Stevie Nicks does have a strange chart. Aries Rising, if I'm not mistaken. And a bunch of planets in Gemini, Mars and Virgo. Remember I was talking about um, Nick Drake who had Mars and Virgo. I was talking about him on Sunday night and how he never consummated. It seems like Nick Drake died a virgin. That's, that's pretty much the, the story. We know that Stevie Nixon, she's not going to die a virgin, trust me, but she's never had kids. And um, which is weird because she actually has a, a, a chart that wouldn't be bad for kids, but she's never had kids. She was only married for three months. She's never been in a relationship, I think, longer than like a romantic relationship, longer than like three years or something. You know, she went to, I think she went to college with Lindsey Buckingham. They both went to San Jose State. They may have had a longer relationship. I mean, when I say really, I'm not talking about musical relationship, but, you know, like that kind of relationship. 
Um, she also dated Don Henley. And she dated she dated Joe Walsh for three years. She's got about a three-year life cycle on her relationship um, status. And um, she said that Joe Walsh was the love of her life, but she can't. But they all, they did so many drugs together that it kind of got in the way of relating, you think? Um, let's see. Hey, Maurice 100 is here. What's going on, Maurice? Good to see you. Um, 79, uh, yes. Good Ling. I like Good Ling. I know you meant long. Uh, Lynn, take my word for it. Aging is real. CBD is helping, I think. Good. We like that. We like that. Uh, let's see. 79. Yeah, you got you got some you got some you got some use out of your life. Wendy says with the quote of the day, if you're not aging, you're dead. <laughs> I like that, Wendy. Uh, let's see. Growing old, not for sissies. That is for sure. Oh, you guys are now, you guys are now, uh, his leg is ginormous. To get, well, he was six foot six, but he had that weird thing going on. He was just probably high on Coke. Yeah. Right. Like Kelly says, looked like he was on meth. It's cocaine. That's like cocaine. Yeah. The avocado mafia. Lynn is the avocado mafia. Equicentra, Christy McVie, Sun, Mercury, Cancer, Moon, Scorpio, Venus, Virgo. Interesting. She had the, so she has Venus and Virgo, and Stevie Nicks has Mars and Virgo. Maybe that's why they got on in Fleetwood Mac. That they were complementary in a lot of ways. Sun, Mercury, Cancer. Yeah, interesting. I like Cancerian people. I've said it before. They're very soulful. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Us boomers know what you're talking about, Robert. There you go. Good. Perfection isn't real, only in one's mind. Just realized today is my half birthday. Well, happy half birthday to you, Rocky. Do we have Steve here? What's going on, Brother Steve? I'm going to reach out to you today. We need to talk. It's been a minute. Maurice is having my coffee and cigarette. All right. Maurice. Uh, Maurice is a miracle. <laughs> like they should fucking study Maurice. Seriously. They, they need to just take Maurice to Stanford and just study him and figure out how he does it. I'm happy in blue. I like the blue. Um, did you forget the donuts? Nope. Just finished a cherry turnover. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Ben's the best, best heathenwizards.com. Yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit. I'm going to play a little clip from that. Um, big fan of Ben and Owen. Yeah. Hey, Jacqueline, did I scare off Sue yesterday? I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to scare her off with my individual versus group rant. 
Cremo, speaking of Christine, it's our Christine. Christine, almost perfect. Lyle Coyote, great show with Winter on Freud and MK Ultra. That was a good show. It's gotten a lot of views. A lot of views. Double K, Catherine Kramer is here. What's going on here? They're moving to impeach the Philly DA. It's about time. Yeah, that's the guy who basically is like, ah, cash bail. Ah, fuck it. Catch and release. Let's do it. I mean, these are these are all these are all conscious acts in promoting terrorism on the American people. It's what they it's what it is. And even the cesspool cities, um, they're a conscious act in creating an environment of terrorism on the American people. I mean, if you walk through these areas, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? You're going to get assaulted. Now, you may not get physically assaulted, but I'll tell you right now, your senses will be assaulted. You'll smell uh, fecal matter and piss, right? You'll you'll walk around and you'll see the ground litter with uh, hypodermic needles. Your Your senses will be assaulted. And that is by design. That is by design. The whole idea here is to create the conditions of hell on earth and to make these places appear so uninhabitable. I'll tell you what, though. When they roll out their fucking green city initiative and their smart cities program in earnest, those people will no longer be there. Trust me. They will no longer be there. They're there for a purpose and for a reason. And that is to remind people every day that the American experience, the American experiment is an abject failure. And it is a a living, for the most part, breathing, for the most part, reminder in in, in agency of demoralization. That's That's what it's about. And then they use the conditions to guess what? Get more money. That's the other side of this. Oh, look how terrible this problem is. We need more money to fix it. And there's this guy, his, last, his name is uh, Schallenberger. Uh, he, wrote, he wrote a book called uh, San Francisco. And he actually comes from the progressive left, but over time he's changed his position because he's seen, he lives in Berkeley, but he spent a lot of time in San Francisco and he's looked at the San Francisco problem. And one of the things that he mentioned was that when they actually spent less money addressing the problem, guess what happened? The problem got better. Like oddly enough, right? The the, the pre, It's like they actually had less people and they were doing less calls like it was starting to kind of solve itself like, oh no 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 we can't have that we we need to have the problem so let's throw more money at it and that's another big reason why you know these encampments exist in these cities because they get money for it and then what do they do well who knows what they do with it they probably use the throw elections that's my sense. Metal's up big. Hey, good. Good to hear it, Bo. 
No, we got a couple of halfwayers here. Uh, SP Dimples. Welcome back, SP. Psychic driving, that is what they're doing. Yes, absolutely. On Moss. Uh, okay, who else do we have here? No can do Stevie Nicks or Jackson Brown. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Never like Jackson Brown. Never. He's got a weird genesis, though. Jackson Brown got to start in New York City, and um, he was hanging out with Nico from the film. I think she, I think he was Nico's boy toy for a while. And then eventually moves to uh, L.A. and gets into that whole Canyon scene. I'm not a huge fan. It's too earnest. Uh, let's see what else we have. Tondar's in the house. What's going on, Tondar? It's good to have SB Dimples. But honestly, I was digging Fleetwood Mac before COVID, and she basically killed it for me. Yeah, I mean, it's like... There are very few celebrities who are actually informed and have the sack to share their information. Most of them are just completely um, blithely unaware and uninformed. And they don't care, right? But because, you know, they've been granted this social status, they believe that, you know, they have the, uh, the platform and the soapbox and that their opinion actually matters. Yep, sorry. Sorry. Who else do we have? I really like Stevie Nicks back in the day. Okay. Who else? 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 Oh, I could live the rest of my life without that mental image. Oh, I know. I spoiled it for you, didn't I? I'm sorry. I am I am a little scorpion uprising at times. Let's see who else we have. Um, mm, 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 mm. a whole new twist on blow me yeah we, we should probably look at where uh uranus is in our chart i think that would be that i think we could we could draw some conclusions maybe about the whole thing with the uh, placement of uranus in our chart Okay, who else do we have? Mm -mm -mm. Beth Berry. What's going on, Double B? Good to see you. I accepted your message request on Facebook, by the way. Christine McVie had no children either. So there is a rumor, speaking of Fleetwood Mac, there is a rumor, although... It's a rumor I don't really want to embrace that Christine McVie was trans. It's a rumor. By the way, speaking of rumors, the album, because they were so fucked up at the time, they actually erased the master tape of rumors. And they had a backup, which wasn't very good. 
but then they wound up putting it through all these filters, which gave it a very unique and different kind of sound. So what you're hearing um, with the rumors record isn't even like the totality of what they recorded. I mean, the songs are the same, but you're not hearing like the actual songs themselves. What you're hearing, well, is a simulacra of the songs. Stevie has Sun, Uranus, and Mercury in Gemini. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. She's like she's like Trump, right? They're about the same age. Can you imagine that? Trump and Stevie Nicks are the same age. Oh, let's see. JMP Love says, uh, oh, Krima, Christine says, my second husband, same track record. Three years max in relationships at 45. At least I broke his record at 12 years. I deserve a medal. If I had a sound effect, I'd play it right now. It'd be like a rousing crowd, round of applause. Absolutely. Congratulations. JMP says, uh, I once went to an astral lecture from a woman whose daughter played in several movies. She described her daughter as having from zero to 29 degrees of Virgo covered in her chart. She played virginal parts. So I had this client. I wonder, I wonder how much I can disclose. I probably can disclose it without naming any names. I had this client who had more Virgo than I had ever fucking seen in any chart. Like six planets of Virgo. insane insane amount of virgo and when you get all those planets usually they're right on top of each other so when you have those conjunctions they're just really weird they're you, you can't it's like a super planet and so this person was trans going m to f and it's just odd right like was that combination in synergy of all those Virgo planets, you know, a way to somehow like stay virginal or it was just, or, or, you know, go, you know, I mean, really, when you think about it, this is, this is the interesting point. Now I'm making the connection. By becoming theoretically a woman, it would be a, um, reanimation, or it would be symbolic of being a virgin, right? Even if you had had sex as a man, having sex as a woman would be completely different. You, especially if there was the chop chop going on. Now, I don't know if there was the chop chop going on. I didn't delve that deeply, but it would it would be a way to surgically transform the individual so that they could have a virginal experience with sex. That make, it makes weird sense, doesn't it? Very strange client. Let me just say that. Very strange. I don't think they'll listen to my show, by the way. Very strange. All right. Who else do we have here? Cherry Danish sounded good. My wife made oatmeal, blueberries, and breakfast in bed. 
I had refried beans with lots of jalapeno and coffee. All right, Lyle, you, you have the bathroom pass at any point during the show. Uh, let's see. Almost perfect. I Hey, I make scones. Making scones is not easy. That is an attribute that some man out there, I think, should find attractive. Making scones. Those are not easy to do. I used to be a big scone guy, too. I loved scones. I loved the current scones. And my thing was I would take the scone or part of it and dip it in my my tea, English tea, cream and sugar. That was a thing. Let's see what else do we have. They want us to beg for a savior. Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's see. The homeless industrial complex. Yep. That's a good name for it. Stevie Nicks, Sun 5 Gemini, the Hyades cluster of the rainstars bears out Mars Neptune character with the Iranian blend. Their influence is out of staggering increase of the urge, self-preservation, which could lead to greediness, a dissolute life, excess in licentious ways, and a striving prestige leading to power politics. Nice breakdown, gas ass. Excellent. Excellent day. Uh, let's see. SJS, getting here a little late today. We're still in the uh, roll call mode. You're good. Scrubbies is here. Uranus, Mercury, conjunction, Gemini. Yeah, that's like Trump, except for Trump has Mercury and Cancer. Who else do we have? I missed the ending of it. What did I miss the ending of? Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? I cleaned Stevie's pool once, covered for a friend on vacation. She came out and said, hello. Very nice, blind as a bat, Mr. Magoo glasses. So that was in uh, Arizona. Isn't that where she had her house? Or at least one of them. She lived with her she lived with her brother. That's really interesting too, as a Gemini, right? She had these weird um Gemini kinds of experiences. So she lived with her brother and her sister-in-law and their kids. Was it like Paradise or something in Arizona or in, I don't know, someplace in Arizona? But is that very Gemini-like to, to live with your siblings and little extended family? And the one time she got married, it was because her best friend died of cancer and she married her uh, widowed husband very quickly. Didn't last long, three months. You have to dunk scones. They're way, I'm a, I loved it, man. I love I loved it. But, you know, going gluten-free, the scones are not on the menu anymore. My scones are moist and tender. No dunking required, unless you want to, of course. Thus, my perfection. I think that's a good, that's a good note to leave on right there. Tender and juicy scones. Mmm. All right. Um, I think we're live on Rumble today. 
I, I figured out what the issue was. And the issue was you ha I had to, uh, I had to set up the rumble stream last night. Like it wasn't, that's what was happening. It, it wouldn't allow me to kind of do it live and on the fly, which is what I normally do. I just program rumble and I program uh boxcast and, and uh, Twitter on Twitter, um, uh, zoom. But last night, I said, well, let me, let me try to pre-program rumble. So we're, we're, we're streaming live on rumble today too, which is good. All right. Let's speaking of, of ass and gas, let's talk about it. Um, there's some things that are happening that we need to pay attention to. Let me see if I can find one of this. So this is one of the big stories which crossed my uh, my radar. And this, this you know, it's going to be really weird, right? Like what are the, what are the oil companies going to do? Now there's always going to be oil. Don't, don't kid yourself. They will, you know, when uh, the elites, the so-called elites want to travel, whether it's by a, a plane or a car, trust me, they will have petroleum. They'll have it. So whether it's petroleum reserves or whether they'll still, uh, you know, be pumping some oil somewhere, trust me, they'll have it. They'll, they'll, they'll have petroleum, but the rest of us won't. But when you see the, like the seven sisters and the big oil companies, what are they going to transition to? Because the idea here is to completely shut it off. So are they going to transition to quote unquote clean energy? Really? Really? I don't think there's, I don't think there's enough uh, elbow room in there and not enough profit. So how are these massive oil companies, petroleum companies, are they going to get buying government subsidies? Uh, this is one of the interesting questions with the global monopoly game. So let's start here. Uh, Exxon's uh, exit from Ghana may be first sign of majors quitting Africa. So they have a lot of offshore drilling in Africa. Let's read this. Uh, Ghana's upstream petroleum sector is going through a tricky patch. American giant ExxonMobil's unexpected exit from the sector has only ramped up anxiety. And it's not just Exxon. Total Energies is also actively moving away from crude in Nigeria. Big oil producer in Nigeria. Ghana will need to aggressively tackle many challenges while quickly repositioning itself in the face of global energy transition. In May 2021, ExxonMobil announced to the Ghanaian government it was exiting the country's upstream petroleum sector, where it had been conducting exploration after acquiring rights in 2018. The company's investment was the first after a landmark ruling from the International Tribunal for the Law of the Sea, also known as ITLOS in favor of Ghana following the maritime border dispute with Ivory Coast earlier, a year earlier. It held great prospects for the country, which was looking to capitalize on ExxonMobil's experience 
to build the capacity of the state-owned Ghana National Petroleum Corporation. Within four years, the goal is to help the GMPC eventually learn to operate fields independently. Really, do they really like that or want that? No, the answer is no. Uh, ExxonMobil was allocated the Deepwater Cape three points uh, block 57 miles off Ghana's coast where it held an 80% interest and was expected to complete the full six-year exploration period. But its decision to exit came early, immediately after its contractual obligations for the initial exploration period of two and a half years. It might not hit the fiscus in Ghana too hard. Any new exploration will not, in any case, have made any near-term difference to production or effects as Rajya Khan, Standard Chartered's chief economist for Africa and the Middle East, as things currently go, the Ghana CD is well supported by offshore portfolio interest in a local currency bond. The GHS has been stable, helped to amp, but also by ample effects reserves, blah, 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 blah. But it may herald a more strategic shift that African oil producers need to think about. The global energy transition of the next few decades, the withdrawal of ExxonMobil from Ghana is a sign of things to come says Barbara Burungi, Managing Director at Amara Africa in Lagos, and former lead economist from Nigeria at the African Development Bank. In its letter, Exxon did not state the reason for the decision to exit Ghana, but as global pressure mounts to divest from fossil fuels, get rid of, just get rid of the term fossil fuels. It has nothing to do with dinosaurs. It has nothing to do with um, carbonized vegetation. That's not what oil is. Oil is abiotic. The earth produces oil constantly. We're never going to run out. It is the lubricating factor that oils the various uh, crustal layers of the earth. That's what oil is. It's like how oil lubricates an engine. It lubricates the earth. It's always, it's always there. Russia, Russia has proved this out. You know, I never, I remember um, uh, Mike, what's his name? Who wrote the book, you know, the end of peak oil, Mike Rupert. I'm like, this motherfucker's lying. He's lying through his teeth. Because the Russians had found a way to extract abiotic oil, meaning that oil was always being produced. They were just going deeper than uh, their Western counterparts to lap it up. Of course, here in the United States, uh, you know, they they do the shale, the shale drilling, which isn't great. It's really not great, no matter how much they've safeguarded it over the years. Um, what it does do is at least a disturbance, you know, beneath the layer of the earth, right? The, you know, the sort of the, the, the first couple layers of the crust, what's beneath the crust, and you have earthquakes in West Texas or earthquakes in Oklahoma. Here, let's keep going with this. Many big players in the industry, such as Total Energies, NE and BP, have taken the lead in reducing investments in oil production activities and moving towards renewable energy projects. So there you go. They're they're gonna uh, they're gonna pivot. The big oil is going to pivot into big green. 
The CEO of Total Energies in Nigeria, Mike Sangster, tells the Africa Report that going forward, the company is focusing more on gas and oil projects with a low break-even point. Preba Arka, a spokesman for Exxon and Ghana, told Reuters a similar story. Exxon Mobil's prioritizing near-term capital spend on the most advantaged assets with lowest cost of supply and portfolio, including developments in Guyana, Brazil, and the U.S. Permian Basin. We should start to look at Nigeria, Angola, and ask who will be staying and who will be leaving, says Borungi. U.S. oil companies have traditionally felt less pressure over climate change than European ones. Therefore, this action of ExxonMobil and Ghana, an American company, is particularly significant, says Borungi. What will Mobil and Chevron be doing in Nigeria? So this gives you a sense as to where this is all going. This is a big, big story. And I'm not going to read all of it. But, uh, you know, big oil is divesting of its interest in the petroleum world. Yeah. I, I guess they'll go into wind farms or solar, but it's just the wind farms are a joke. They're a total joke. And the whole solar thing, I am not opposed to. I mean, the, the collection, um, the panels, collection, the panels, the batteries, they're all getting better. But if they really wanted to make solar impactful, they'd make it easier for people to put solar on their houses. But that's not what they do. Instead, they create these huge, massive solar farms. So again, they can centralize the energy versus everybody having access to the energy. If they did have access to the energy, well, they'd be too independent now, wouldn't they? And that is not what is in the air. It's fostering an air of dependence. That we would go to one source for everything. We, we've seen this kind of mono and culturization happen across the board. Amazon is a great um, example. Go to one source for everything. You, you can get any. And that's not how Amazon started out. Amazon started out as a a competitor to Barnes and Noble is it was basically a book business. And then it diversified. It became a one-stop shop for everything, right? So mon mono and culturalization of all things, right? So you can see that in the energy world, you'll see it in the food world, you'll see it in the in the uh, econ world. It's all about centralization, all about one source, right? One source. It's kind of like when uh, you had uh, the Roadrunner and the Coyote. You remember how the Roadrunner would always use Acme products? That's where it's all going. It's, everything's going to be Acme. It'll all be under one one rubric, right? One currency, uh, one place for currency exchange, and all of it tied, all of it tied to the net zero carbon economy. Because that's the other thing that the petroleum companies are starting to invest in is guess what? Carbon capture. So they're, they're beginning to make this pivot and the carbon capture business for them could be very profitable. If you don't know what carbon capture is, they take these, um, what looks like smokestacks, but they're in the ground and they have these facilities that literally they extract the carbon from the atmosphere. 
what do they what do they do with it? They send it into the ground. Why do they send it to the ground? Gee, maybe there's more going on underground than we know. And maybe they need some carbon underground for whatever it is that uh, is going on underground. So they're doing this complete, like, you know, geoengineering thing going on with the planet. I mean, they're literally fucking with our atmosphere in CO2 and oxygen, which trust me, it's, it's, it's not, it's not in peril, but they have instigated enough fear in people so that people are willing, we know this, right? They're just willing to accept whatever the company line is around it. Oh, well, yeah, we have to think about future generations and we have to stop breathing. I can feel where Jasper's actually scratched my new couch. Oh, fucker. I came in here yesterday. I came in here yesterday and he was on this couch. I didn't cover it. He was on the couch and I knew exactly what he was doing. And I called him out on it and he ran out of here and he ran upstairs. He knew he was guilty. I can feel it. You got to cover this thing more. Anyway, um, so this is where all this is headed, right? This is where they're they're hurting us into the carbon net zero economy. And you're going to be forced to get carbon credits and we we this is this is it right this is the new reality as the fiat money system just uh gets completely utterly shattered they have to have a new scam that is the new scam and if you're a good little boy good little girl and you abide by your carbon rules whatever they are you'll get you'll, you'll get little goodies little tokens oh look Look, you reduced your footprint by 10% this month. You get to have a hamburger. They won't tell you what's in the hamburger, but you get to have a hamburger. Congratulations. Oh, geez. If I reduce it by 20%, I might get a steak. I mean, this is where this is all going. And they actually, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, they actually have like a core of people that they're training ultimately to go house to house, like the green police and point out what you're doing wrong. This is, this is, this is, you know, this is the next paradigm and we are being quickly marched into this world. So a- Amos Hochstein, who is uh, one of Trump's energy czars, he's got two lucky him. Uh, John Kerry's one, and Amos Hochstein is another. Now, Hochstein is not well-liked by the hardcore green economy uh, advocates. They think he's too tied to big oil. But he recently came out, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and said, hey, look, we're phasing out. It's going away. And now you have Nancy Pelosi getting ready to put together another 3.6. They've landed on this number, 3.6. That's their magic number. $3.6 trillion spending package. They already passed one, and that's all for the green economy shit. Right? They, they, they labeled it 
as um, an infrastructure and uh, a, a, a thrust against inflation expenditure. But really what it was doing was, you know, getting all the resources into the hands of people that will ultimately launch the green economy. And they're going to do it again. And that's that's happening right right now before our very eyes. And she's that's they're going to do it probably before Christmas. Everybody's off, you know, trying to feel good about their lives, forget about their troubles, and and they do this shit at Christmas. They they did it with fluoride. Um, they did it with the Federal Reserve Act of 1913. They always pass these onerous bills right around Christmas. So that's in the air right now. And that'll be Nancy Pelosi's last gift to the rest of us, right? Her, her, her last, like, fuck you to the rest of us. So that's circulating. It's all related to green economy shit. And I remember when um, AOC came out and talked about it. And this is when Trump was president and she just got into office. And everybody thought she was crazy. And based on where we were at the time, um, our expectations, theoretically with Trump in office, whatever that was, that it sounded like an absolute impossibility. Well, she was telling you what they were going to do, and that's exactly what they're doing. This is exactly what they're doing. This is exactly what they're lining up. And is China going to have to go through it? No. China's going through its own thing. It, like this thing in China is still going off, right? I don't, I don't want to get into it too much today, but because uh, I want to keep things mostly focused on, on this topic of conversation. So the, now the big question is, what, what are you going to do and what are we going to do? I mean, if, if you think about it, we just can't go out and um, start drilling for oil and then start refining it on our own and then making our own gasoline to keep our, our gas-powered cars on the highways. So is the answer to get an electric car? which are fucking expensive and they take forever to charge. Is that, is that really the answer? I don't think so because your range is limited in most electric cars. They'll be able to turn your car off. I mean, it would be that easy. I mean, Tesla has immediate controls over their car right now. There was a guy who wanted to, uh, get a different battery and change the battery because the Tesla chain batteries are so fucking expensive and they figured it out and they lock him out of his own car. Sorry, you can't get in your own car because you can't do that to the battery. Now, would it be, uh, would it be allowed for Tesla to have competition or Ford, because Ford is putting out electric cars, trucks, they aren't worth a shit. You know, Chrysler has announced they're not going to build any more petroleum cars. They're all moving. They're all re repurposing 
their assembly lines for electric. So will they be able to have competition? That's really the question. Now, there is um, an independent car, car manufacturer in San Diego. I think it's called Apero or something like that, where they are building their own electric vehicle with uh, batteries that are far more um, efficient than what Tesla has. And not only that, but they are solar charged. So you, you can have the car that will recharge the battery with solar panels that are connected to it. And so, you know, and again, I'm not saying that this is a direction we should go, but there are other companies out there that are trying to do something where they can be competitive in the marketplace. Now, if you had a car that was fully electric and its ability to grab solar energy to power it in a really efficient manner, that may be interesting, right? That may be an interesting option. The, the challenge is that Americans have become, well, you know, we used to be a country where, you know, people would go into their garages and tinker and build shit. And there are still some of those people around. And what's happened is that the social engineering is breeding that out, right? That American spirit of being pioneering and innovative and how many how many Americans have created like engines that you know essentially you know run on water? There's more than one, trust me. And all those patents get killed. So it's not like we haven't demonstrated a, an ability to build a better mousetrap or a better widget. I mean, it's part of who we are, but that's starting to diminish because of the education system. In, in taking things away like shop and not having uh, the ability to uh, impart like this innovative and, and uh, can-do spirit like, that's being essentially bred out of us. But if there were people who could do something like that and they could build a car that was a, a real competitor it'd be interesting it would be interesting and it would certainly be uh a a a plank for some degree of autonomy because once you take petroleum away and and get all the cars first of all not everybody would be able to afford them but you get all the cars on the grid then you're really cutting into people's autonomy and that's all part of the plan. Whether it's the distance you can drive, shutting your car down, whatever, whatever it is. Right. It's really funny. I, uh, we had, a, we had a guest over on Saturday on our little gathering, a super nice guy, Harry and Harry worked in Detroit automobile manufacturing all his life. So, so did his, his parents went back, went back two generations. So he moved to Florida and he decided 
man, I'm going to really splurge. I'm living in Florida. I'm going to get the car of my dreams. He brought a brand new Mercedes. And then he gets an email and said, Mercedes says, if you drive your car over a certain speed limit, we're going to bill you. We're going to bill you for that. He got that as part of his. So that means that Mercedes is actually monitoring his speed. And again, I think I talked about this. Like, do you really read every single line in, in a car contract that you sign? Probably not. So he probably didn't read the fine print about this. So now he's got to deal with the fact that Mercedes is fucking like, I'd get rid of that car ASAP. That's what I would do. But he didn't know. Look it up. It's true. All right. Let's switch gears a little bit here. And let's talk about the stream between uh, Ben Balderson and Owen Benjamin, which went live on YouTube last night. There's some amazing things about the stream. First of all, um, Ben mentions our friend Emily Moyer. And Owen Benjamin is aware of Emily and watched some of her shows. I'm like, well, that's pretty fucking cool. And um, so I sent that to Emily last night. By the way, uh, I had seen that the stream was going live and um, I was watching uh, Jason Whitlock and then uh, Yacht Boy Johnny reminded me that it was on. So I wound up switching it on, listening to it. So thank you for that. Why don't we go in and let's see if we can find some of this. Um, there's some very interesting things that are talked about. Remember, I had a tease. They didn't make it easy for this. All right. So I'm going to play a little bit here and I'm going to try to, uh, what do we have? We've got about uh, 14 minutes left. I'm going to play the beginning. And one of the things that they talk about is um, Jason from Archaics. That's the tease. And what they have to say about Jason is not complimentary. I'm just a fair warning. Uh, so let's get into this here. Let me play it. And then Owen talks about his relationship with Kanye West. So let's, I'll, I'm just going to freewheel this, hit play, and then see where we are. They added new buttons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Welcome to Owen's Alchemy. Today, we have the great pleasure of welcoming back my friend and fellow homesteader, Owen Benjamin. We've had both had just huge years, and it's 
well past time for us to get together and uh, talk about it. How you doing, Owen? I'm good, man. It's good to be back. I'm pumped. Fantastic. That that's excellent. Yeah, you've you've had so much going on the last the last year, brother. I've been keeping an eye and like I've been like myself. I can hardly uh, hardly uh, keep straight the way it's been going at it uh, the last year. Um, it's getting nutty, right? Still- it's like it's hilarious. Things are getting wild. Oh like man, getting, the 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 drain is is getting like rapid. The whirlpool. I want to. Sh- are we on Rockfin right now? Let me make sure it. I I put it in the thing, but Rockfin's kind of sketchy. Let me make sure we're on Rockfin. Right now. Like no. Yeah, and I mean, had her tied up the whole nine. Oh. Got caught. Apparently. Okay, so they're talking about Jason from Archaics here. It was like I was doing comedy. I was doing pretty here we go cutting edge good comedy, and so then he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna put you back on." And I just think that's awesome. He did that, and I just want to shout out Rockfin. That no, that's super awesome that he did. Also, I gotta say, you laid out really good points, and I didn't ever talk to you about this because um, I just don't talk about drama behind the scenes with people and stuff. I'm just just not that kind of. Uh, uh oh my what's up yeah that 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 um a friend of mine just said that another friend of mine i don't see where it is but yeah that archaics that archaics dude fellas he's a legit rapist and yeah i mean i'm old school there there's things you do not forgive there you do not forget same here i'm the same Um, way like Right. People kept trying to talk about that guy. They're like, you're, you're going to love his gravy. I'm like, he's a convicted sex offender. Like, dude, what I, world I are you living in, man? Yeah. I'm like, that's that dude should be killed. Like, that's not something yeah. that you're like, oh, but he has really good simulation theory gravy. I'm like, aren't we truthers? Like, aren't we the guys trying to reveal, like, you know, child abuse and what's really going on behind the scenes and so we're gonna start listening to a guy who literally fucking raped a girl, like no. Yeah, and I mean, had her tied up the whole nine, oh. got caught. He apparently, must have felt guilty at the end and was taking her to the hospital and got caught. Still had her all tied up and everything. Like I looked it up, uh, it has his picture, the whole nine. I like it's it it's too, yeah. like yeah, I'm certainly not believing nothing like that. I'm just uh, off base. But then uh, alert and error occurred. I keep not being able to pull up Rockfin. We, I'm, not, I'm just not going to see you for a second. I'm going to try it on my computer. I wonder if my phone's being glitchy or Rockfin's being glitchy. Um, but, yeah, you know, I understand. He, the guy's, like, the biggest growing channel right now, like, has been for, for a bit. And he th- says things people like or whatever. But you, you can't just take things from anybody. And this is how you end up with gurus. You know, gurus, every guru uh, throughout history has said things that, you know, you can quote and it's a, it's a good thing in and of itself. And then you find out the dude's diddling 12-year-olds. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, dude, a lot of people don't get it that a lot of people that are feeding up poison gravy, it's like they, they, they give you good stuff, too. It's not just yep. all bad. That's... That's the issue I have with Paul from the Bible. Like I just had this whole week where I was like talking shit about um, the quote unquote apostle Paul and the Christian got really mad at me about that. Even though it was like, 
I, I, I see a lot of his writings are really good and a lot of them are really bad. And I'm like, he was a professional murderer of Christians. Like no right. problem there. Like you have no problem with that. Like he rounded them up and murdered them. And then he made a claim that he saw Jesus when no one else was around. And then he started changing Jesus's teachings. But see the thing that, that why I think a lot of people gravitate to Paul so much is because he basically is like, he's kind of created the modern Judeo-Christian, like if you eat a cracker and pay the money, you're going to heaven bullshit, you know? And so people get right. so mad when you like point out that, and so like this archaics guy, he's probably saying a lot of shit that people want to, he's saying some good gravy where it's like, wow, yeah. that's really, that's really powerful stuff. But then what everyone wants to hear, like, oh, there's going to be, uh, you know, this coming division of people and a golden age is coming, but only for you small group. And you're all, and I'm like, you raped a fucking girl, man. Like you took a girl's body without her permission. 100%. You know? And that's fucking bad. It's like I get called a shill and I'm banned from everything and all this because of like my criticism of a certain tribe of people or that I worked in Hollywood. It's like, this dude is a convicted sex offender, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm not trying to talk shit. I mean, much love to the guy. It's not like I hold hatred to him or resentment. I'm just like, I don't get why truthers that spent two years yeah. like chasing Q, like the, all these truthers that spent like two years chasing Q into the sewers, like, oh, we're gonna get all the, we're going to get all these rapists and it's like, dude, this guy's are truth being truthers. There's like this weird thing where it's like, you're just a Republican. You are not a truther. You're just right. a Republican. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm out of the binary, dude. It's two wings of the same bird to a degree that I never even imagined. The uniparty. It's such a yeah. stupid trick. It's such a, it's like such a child's parlor trick, you know? Like, I may vote for Kanye West, but other than that, there's no way I'm ever voting again. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I, heard that you, I heard that you've been talking to him. Somebody said to, the, to me that you've been talking to him. I did. I talk to Ye every day. <laughs> what? I swear to God. That's dude. awesome. Dude, he's, he's great. He's a fucking great guy. Nice. He really is. Dude, he, dude, he sent me this jacket. Check this out. It's like a big... Yeah, look at this. It says yay 24. Hang on. <laughs> that is awesome. Dude, he's like, because uh, I told him, I go, bro, like, uh, you're an A-list celebrity, and a lot of truthers think this is all scripted, like one of these scripted events. He goes, he goes, I can't, I'll never forget what he said. He goes, bro, who's scripting it then? Like, God? <laughs> like, he's, right. he, it's all actually happening. I mean, for better or for worse, I'm not saying the guy is like an idol or like a savior or anything like that. I mean, he's got a lot of his own problems. He's like hyper artistic, you know, uh, doesn't think ahead with certain stuff, like just runs and guy. Like, I'm not, you know, uh, saying to like, just treat him like, like he's like a super special guy, but it's authentic, dude. It's like these truthers that keep analyzing every, that everything's fake. I'm like, no, dude, this dude will have like an idea and do it. And then the, media will run with it for like a month he just like gets people to react and then they just react yep. that's hilarious. that's kanye west is the I mean, he's got he's got enough media attention to where any decision like that where a lot of people the bad decisions actually don't show up 
Um, but then the good decisions are the ones that hit and catch fire, you know, and do yeah. good where he, he's got the public spotlight all the time. And I think Rockfin's down, bro. So Kanye West, th- those are the two real revelations. Um, cause they come back to archaics and then Owen has a lot to say about, uh, Christianity and fake Christians. It's a really good stream. And, um, I, I highly recommend it. Just go to. Uh, Odin's Alchemy, that's Ben's channel. And you can watch the entirety of the video. But I thought those two, and, and I, I, I I apologize. I think I either skipped over the Emily part or came after that. But they talk about our friend Emily and that <clears throat> Owen is actually a, a fan. That's awesome. Um, but, you know, those are two hot button topics, right? Jason of Archaics and Kanye West. And Owen Benjamin shedding light on the Kanye thing, basically saying like, this is, this is real. Right. And Kanye just throws a grenade in the middle of the room and sees, and just, you know, watch what happens. He's like, he out Gemini's Trump in, in that regard. Cause that's what Trump was known for. Right. So there's a little bit of like a missing piece there. You, Cause if you think that, that, uh, you know, Kanye is, and you want to believe Owen, this is all part of the, the agreement, right? If you believe Kanye is telling the truth that, you know, none of it is scripted and that Owen talks to him every day and vouches for him. Well, maybe we can dispel some of these rumors that um, this is all, you know, an Illuminati mind trick, right? Maybe. Or at the very least, we can suspend it for a little period of time and see it from a different perspective. The archaic stuff is interesting. And I, I've, you know, haven't really spoken much about, it, but I've never been down with archaics for just I have a gut instinct about certain people. And my gut instinct was, you know, well, all these people are clamoring. They're like, wow, man this is the hottest shit to hit the internet and it explains everything. I'm like, okay, let's wait. Let's wait. Let's play this out. Let's see what happens. And, you know, if, if you, again, right. Like, do you believe that people can be rehabilitated and, 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 you know, can, can uh, come off of their, their, uh, their, their crime. I mean, if you think about it, you know, it's a pretty heinous crime. Kidnapping a young girl underage, tying her up. I mean, it's a pretty heinous crime. And, you know, if he wasn't giving out such good gravy as Owen mentioned, would people be so forgiving? That's, that's really the question. Anyway, I just thought I'd play that because it brought up a lot of interesting points really quickly. And we'll give you something to think about as we reassemble here tomorrow, not here tomorrow, but over on YouTube tomorrow. And we're going to have the Crimmies and we're going to be talking about uh, the Supreme Court case with Brunson and try to uh, drill down a few layers and see what's there beneath the surface of it all. All right. Thanks for being here. Always a pleasure to spend my morning time with you. Um, Share the show if you like it. There's links here. Uh, You know, you can go to my uh, my my page once I put the uh, 
the podcast up. You can share that as well. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart, two-step once possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. Thanks for being here. We'll see you tomorrow over on YouTube with the Friday Forecast and the Crimmies. Bye for now.